group of Formula One-ish podcasts. It certainly is, and welcome to you, listener. Just one. Just the one. Listener. How are you doing? Mm. Thanks for your time. Yeah, feel free to call in. Oh no, don't go. (laughs) (laughs) We've only just started. What do you mean that you were listening by mistake? Uh, Are you looking for get a grip, the adhesive? (laughs) What was it, a flooring company in the US or something? No. Yeah, it was get a grip, um, like non-slip tread. Yeah. Mats. Look, an important material. Uh, In showers, especially. Perhaps I should get some. Yeah. Lest I fall in the shower. Do you do that often? Um, Look, I'm not so good on my feet. Okay. (laughs) I'm not not so good with with the gravity and such. Random gravity checks, as Candy likes to call them, when she falls down. I just want to make sure it's still there. Yeah, and it is, and it continues to be. Um, And you you seem to be the only one willing to test it. You're welcome. Yeah, dear listener. (laughs) How are you doing, Candice? I'm well. I'm well. I am into week seven of my bodybuilding preparation. Ooh, very yes. exciting. Um, Preseason testing, you sort might of say ish. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's a little bit closer to your first competition, but still, I feel like I'm on slicks in the wet. Yeah. <laughs> that's where I am right now. Um, it's a good place to be. It turns you'd out be in good company. Lando Norris in Sochi, for example, a great race. <laughs> Did it happen? No. What's Sochi? Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Yeah. Turns out my show's been pushed up a week. Ooh. Yeah. So, so you get one. Week less yes. of preparation. One fewer week. One few week <laughs> of preparation. However, the good news is I started really early, so Huzzah! I'm not too stressed. And maybe it'll catch your competitors out. And I they hope won't so. be in the right form and then we'll laugh at all of them. We'll laugh them off the stage. That's good sports. Yeah. <laughs> That's mm. actually what they encourage us to do. Yeah. Did you do that at soccer as well when you were a child? Yeah, Just yeah. laugh the other team off the pitch? Yeah, absolutely. You can't kick <laughs> for shit. <laughs> yeah, the sledging's good in uh, under-16 soccer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's real trash talk. Top tier. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Anyway, so your preparation is going well? It's going very well. Mm-hmm. I am on the... Correct path. Great. Mm. And yeah, I will flag. Mm. And Tierra, if you're listening, I need you to just run with it. I Mm. really would like a donut. Oh. Just one. Mm. I won't. What if I showed you a picture of one? Would that help? If you just sprinkled the cinnamon straight into my mouth. What if I (laughs) ate one in front of you? Let me smell it. And then, yeah, gently sort of, you know, when people... I'm not very well acquainted with drugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know when people do the, the puff of the, of the weed the, 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 with the doobie <laughs> and, they, and they do the puff and then they blow the puff into the other person's yeah. general mouth face area? Yeah, so um, you've got a mouthful of cinnamon sugar yeah. and you just go... <laughs> yeah. Would that help in any it way? Would. Okay. Yeah, I'll just be like a kid in, in the snow, my tongue yeah. out. So. <laughs> hmm. Well, we'll work on that. We'll, ha- we'll have a chat with Tierra, see if that'll fly. There was a competition. So this weekend was truly a big sports weekend for Candy. Sure. Because there was Imola, mm-hmm. which we will discuss shortly, mm. and several bodybuilding shows. And tennis. Sure. <laughs> and I'm sure it was there, along with professional darts. Yeah. I did not. Imbibe. Oh, you missed it! I missed. Wow! Yeah. Wow! I tell you what, it was so close. Someone had a um, a bullseye, and then someone they threw their dart, and it split the other dart in two. It went straight <laughs> through the middle. Someone yeah. sat with an apple on their head. <laughs> um, big weekend of sports. So there's sure. a couple of bodybuilding shows, mm-hmm. and after the shows, a lot of the competitors had a couple of treats, as as you do. Sure. And I'm not at the treat phase yet. That's a shame. <laughs> I'm still. So in sorry. The... Do they show it like televised? The people eating food after oh, just the show all over social media. Oh, sorry. I yeah. thought I thought you were saying that the coverage extended. Like I'm just trying to think of a Formula One equivalent of this. It's like where the they cool just... down room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> where they just show them eating heartily after their competition. It, but it... no, sure. It's on their private, well, personal social media. So. Yeah, and... that makes more sense. 
But in the in the big leagues, like after the Olympia and the Arnolds and stuff, there'd be like professional videographers going around backstage, and you just see bodybuilders like with icing all over their face. <laughs> it's quite wholesome in a it way. It is. It's yeah. very wholesome, and it's like a nice celebration yeah. at the end. And um, anyway, I'm just not in that. Can phase you yet. imagine? Actually, have you planned yet? What your first? What What's the first thing that you're gonna eat? A cookie. You- Okay, what type of cookie? A chocolate chip gluten-free cookie. Are you going to make it or are you going to purchase it? I've I've thought about this. So I don't enjoy the sugary sweets that are like... A cookie stuffed inside a brownie with an Oreo inside covered in caramel sauce. like A turkey key. A turkey key of cookies. But, yeah. A cuckoo key, <laughs> if you will. I don't personally enjoy that. Like, mm. I have a sweet tooth for sure, but I, I love just a, a traditional chocolate chip cookie, a traditional original glazed donut, if sure. you will. Like, mm. if it's too many layers, because that's what most of the girls are eating. It's like a slab of brownie with cookie on top and yeah. then sauce it's quite overwhelming and also after you've been dieting for so long i feel like you would hit your threshold very very quickly right yeah yeah and i think i would make my own cookies that i know the recipe is good so i don't have to like taste test it while i'm making it Mm. and i think just the night before or like a couple days before i'll make a batch of cookies hey if you need me to make them we can make them together we could because you'll be there yeah certainly will it's funny you ask that that's all I've thought about this week yeah well Um, no I've thought about other things I exaggerate but I would hope Formula One would be in there as well every now and then yeah just as fast as as fast as it comes it goes again I'm kidding Um, and then afterwards Mm. gluten-free penna bolognese sorry so you're gonna go cookie first and then the pasta I can't get a pasta backstage, Jamie. Don't be ridiculous well couldn't you make one and then have it ready to go in a little container do they have microwaves backstage they tend to, but I think, do. I think it'd be like more, um, instant if I just like pull the cookie out, you sure. know, like I've got but, my metal uh, cookie. I don't know though. I just think the grandeur, the big spectacle of mm. sitting down at a table with a lovely bowl of pasta in front of you yep. and then you just slowly raising the bowl up to your face and sticking it directly <laughs> <Yeah>. into it. <laughs> Licking it like a cartoon where my tongue goes all the way yeah. around my face. Yeah. 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 I think that that's, that's just a bit more of a, of an event than just grabbing a cookie out of a plastic bag and just, yeah. But what do I know? Now that we have covered all of the basics, job done, I'd say, episode <laughs> over. <laughs> hey, should we talk about qualifying? Because, boy, do we have a lot to get through. Jamie, could you tell me what was the Grand Prix this weekend? What was the name of it? <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I don't even have this written in front of me, so let's hope that I get it right. Okay. It was the Formula One Rolex Grand Premio del Maiden Italy e del Emilia Romagna 2022 Grand Prix. Thank you. Thank you. Well done. I will retire now. <laughs> yeah. I was really disappointed no one attempted that on the live stream. I'm so miffed at Crofty that he didn't at least give it a go. To be fair, maybe he did and we just missed it. But I watched sure. I watched all of them. I'm pretty sure I watched all of the practice sessions. I yeah, watched qualifying, qualifying, the sprint and the race. And I do not recall him saying that. We watched so. like the pre-race business as well. Yeah. No one, and no I was so it. hyped. I was so ready for them to put that graphic of the circuit and, you know, you get the sweeping shots of Imola in the background and Crofty to go, welcome to the Formula One Grand Premio Del Made in Italy E Del Emilia Romagna 2022 Grand Prix. Hey. hey. Crofty, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. I'm going to take your job. <laughs> Absolutely mm. horrifying. Anyway, so shall we talk about qualifying? We certainly shall. Excellent. It was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot of red flags, five to be precise. When was the last time we had that many red flags in I qualifying? Think- from what I've read, and I haven't been able to authenticate this information from a sure. secondary source, apparently it's record-breaking. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Isn't that what you want? Lovely. Isn't that the record that you want to break? Lovely. Well, yeah. I was, in a, in a selfish way, mm. excited for the wet weather. Yeah. Love me. Just a sprinkle of rain. Yes. Not too much. We don't want a spa situation. No, lest, lest it become a, a cancelled race. Yeah. But just a sprinkle it is enjoyable. And it was it was looking like it was going to be a bit spicy after the practice sessions, right? Yeah. And then obviously qualifying rolls around on the Friday mm. and it's looking all clear. Mm. Beautiful. Beautiful weather. Q1, Q2, great. Q3, Maybe not so great. Sprinkle. Uh, got to put the inters on, mm. which, uh, you know, it was, 
One thing I found interesting in that situation was seeing the difference between a lap time set in the dry and mm. in the wet. Yeah. Because it was about 10 seconds difference from what I noticed at least. Yeah, it was a unique situation where we got to see that and see them do full out laps, mm-hmm. like qualifying laps in the dry, compare it to the wet. Mm-hmm. And 10 seconds, honestly, I was expecting more. Yeah. I yeah. was thinking it would take longer. Perhaps I'm just a cautious individual. Mm. Mm. I mean, you'd be going around it maybe like a minute 30, I reckon. You'd be taking it easy at like 200 kilometers an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Just doing like maximum 100 in a Formula One car. Yeah. <laughs> like this is, this is the pit lane um, speed. Where is the indicator? <laughs> <laughs> I would like to tell them that I want to enter the pit lane. And Head check? Yeah. <laughs> A shoulder check. Alonso very good at doing those, as we've seen. Lance Stroll, not so much. Not so much. <laughs> Maybe he needs to retake his driving test. <laughs> uh, yes. I <clears throat> would pay upwards of $50 sure. to see the Formula One drivers all attempt like a, a driving test yeah. where you have to do like a parallel park, mm. a nose in park. Reverse 50 meters backwards. I suspect Latifi wouldn't pass. I don't think Stroll would either. Mm, Probably not. Is this slander? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) It's not slander if it's true. Oh! Or if it's your opinion. Uh, So, yes, red flags Mm. played a huge part in that qualifying session. And how could they not when there's five of them? Mm. First one we had was Albon. With his brakes catching fire. That was a bit dramatic, wasn't it? It was... A bit much. Yeah. And bring and out the fire extinguisher. Yeah. Well, he got the, got the car back to the pit very well. Yeah. Lost his brake, which I was talking to my dad and I was like, surely that's, how do you, how do you stop the car without brakes? And he was like, ah, it's fine. I'll just turn the engine off. And I was like, if I were on a highway doing, I don't know, hundred kilometers an hour and the brakes went and I was like, yeah, it'd be right. I'll just chuck, I'll just turn the engine off and drive towards some people in a pit lane. I mean, I know he's training for it, right? Like they've trained for this. Have I they? haven't, but I'm I'm sure they know what to do in those situations. I would, yeah. But still, it, it, it's scary. I'd be pissing myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, now they did actually say <clears throat> that the brake fire was caused by human error, an incorrect oh. switch position. Oh. Uh, so when they switched from the inters to the slicks, so the tires for the dry, yeah. Uh, they didn't change the brake balance setup. There was literally a switch they had to flick, oh. apparently. Um, and then that gener- the extra energy from the extra grip on the slick ties in the dry meant that Albon could brake more heavily and that right. increased the temperature and then fire. Yikes. Yeah, yikes. So that, that wasn't Albon's fault. No, no. It was an engineer's fault. Presumably. Also, someone's in there last week at yeah. Williams. Some... I tell you what, people forgetting to press the switch or the button has been a bit of a thing this weekend. I mean, we'll come to that we'll later. We'll come to that later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but so, uh, people just, you know, man the buttons, right? Keep, just stand by the button. Yeah. You need a button guy. Keep keep all eyes on the buttons. Yep. Typical one-on-one defense. Yep. You one eye on the button and one eye on the field. On the periphery. And then one eye on all of you <laughs> listeners. <laughs> And one eye on the horizon. (laughs) (laughs) Who else was a red flag? Oh, yes. Uh, Signs, obviously. That Mm. was... Sadness. Pain. Spain without the S. S. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Very sad for Signs and just a shit weekend for him once again. Uh, But that one was, you know, unfortunate, but... You know, his mistake, yeah. um, which he owned up to. He was, yeah. he was very good about it. Um, but, yeah, very, very disappointing for him. And the third one was Kevin Magnuson. Mm-hmm. Took a bit of a tour towards the wall, but then managed to get his car. I, I was really impressed, actually, with that. That was maybe with one of my favorite points of qualifying mm. was when he nearly hit the wall and he slowed the car down but then sped it up enough to get out of the gravel enough that he wouldn't get beached. Yeah. And then got him to drive it back out. Yeah. I was was so impressed. Yeah. Yeah. And then they obviously they flew a red flag for that, which maybe was a little bit early, but I mean I get it. Cars near walls, not ideal. Uh, I think it's just quite rare to see someone drive out of the gravel. Yeah. Yeah. So they weren't expecting it. Yeah. Uh and then we had Bottas had to pull his car off to the side. 
and then Norris also took a detour onto the wall. And that was the red flag in Q3 that I'm going to say prevented Leclerc from getting pole. Yeah, because he I had think, the pace. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that uh, he would have been looking quite good because obviously he only had a few minutes left after that to try and put in a good lap and it just didn't didn't come together. So With the lack of the tire warmers and such, mm. they need more warm-ups. Well, they now. still use the tire warmers at the moment, but they're just – I don't think they're heated as much because yeah. they're trying to get to a level where they don't have to use them yeah. and that the tires just come out at – the temperature that the track is yeah um which still. could be interesting i feel like tire heat was a bit of a thing this weekend as well because yeah. obviously with Alba perez cruising and, past oh yeah. uh, leclerc in the race as well yeah um on his tires yeah so it goes to show that when people say to you hey formula one's just about cars going fast in a circle it is not it's also about tires. madam person it's about tires it's about People. It's about drive. It's, it's about power. <laughs> it's about passion. <laughs> it's about forward planning, proactiveness, perseverance. Perseverance. Good one. Mm-hmm. Perez. <laughs> it's it's the crust. It's this <laughs> Paul DeResta. <laughs> it's the it's the typical. Nine P's of Formula One. Yeah. Um, anyway, yes. So if anyone tries to make that argument, it's not true. Formula One is about so much more than cars just going fast. Sometimes it's about cars going slow and or putting themselves into the wall. It's starting to feel patriotic. Should we have like the... <laughs> patriotic, the nas- there's another one. <laughs> <laughs> national anthem playing in, in the background. <laughs> Only if it's the Italian national anthem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Formula One is not just about cars. <laughs> So what did you think of qualifying, Candice? Honestly, after like the third red flag, I was like, eh, I don't want to watch this anymore. Yeah, pretty dumb. Um, I did watch it, mm-hmm. but I just wasn't as invested because I was more excited for the sprint yes. qualifying. So I think that my attitude towards qualifying was like, I'm glad that we've got some racing on a Friday. Hmm. I stuck it out. Mm-hmm. But I was just thinking like, how is this going to line up our sprint? Um, yes. which we can discuss now. I am still confused about the whole qualifying sprint race setup for this reason. <clears throat> Pole position. Mm-hmm. And I know this has been something that was discussed at length last year and will continue to be discussed into the future. Yeah. Uh, so obviously last year, the pole position was the person who won the sprint. Yeah. That was considered pole position going into the race and the logic behind that was pole position or the pole sitter is the person who starts the race in P1. Yeah. And I get that. Um, but I did also agree with the people who said that qualifying should, you know, being P1 in qualifying should entitle you to the accolade accolade of pole sitter. Sure. Yeah. So now qualifying, once again, they've reverted it back in the sprint race, uh, weekend formats that the person who is P1 in qualifying is the pole sitter and the, but still the person who wins the sprint is in P1 for the race. And I just don't understand that. I'm wondering whether qualifying should determine the grid for the race. And then the sprint should just be its own little sort of self-contained thing. Oh, just for a few extra points. I don't know. I just, it seems really weird to me that the pole sitter is not the person who starts P1 for the race. That's... I mean, it was this weekend because Verstappen was on pole for all of them. But mm, I don't know. I don't know. It just It's tricky. I think that the accolades and stuff and everything, mm. it made sense last year. So when you... Controversial. Yeah. When you win or when you're P1 after sprint quali, you come first and mm. then you're first. So you're pole sitter because it's a sprint qualifying. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I think it's just people that are unwilling to move forward into the future because Mm. if we just, I like the setup of a sprint. Mm, I find it interesting. I like having racing Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm -hmm. And I would have really enjoyed that if that had been the case in Melbourne. That would have been amazing. It'd be so nice for Mm. people that are there in person Mm. and people viewing. Anyway, I think that they tried to meet a middle ground with those people that don't like change and go like, don't worry, we'll keep it traditional in a sense where if you win qualifying, you're a pole sitter, mm. but then they're trying to move forward and 
evolve the sport mm. with like one foot in the past yeah. and it's like can we just let go yeah. and like move forward into the future if there's a sprint yeah. and you come first in the sprint then you're a pole sitter congratulations they just need to like be like pole for sprint pole for the race yeah next <laughs> um but yeah putting all of those arguments aside I quite enjoyed it this weekend. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed, for one, watching Signs make his way up through mm-hmm. the um, the masses, I yeah. suppose. Uh, I thought he did very well. It was a very strong drive from him. And if they did driver of the day for the sprint race, I definitely would have voted for him. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I would have voted for Daniel Ricciardo because I'm a Because you fan. always vote for Daniel Ricciardo. Even sure. if he's not racing. Sure. Even for MLM. Even after he's retired, you will continue to vote for him. I will. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you will. <laughs> um, with sprint qualifying, um, yes. I really enjoyed just it's more racy because, you know, it, it's it racy can, and it's pacey and it's pacey mm-hmm. and it condenses that like first lap drama that you get in the race. Mm. Basically, um, everyone's following very closely and we got to see like a little bit of battle between Leclerc and Verstappen. Very enjoyable. As to we watch. have every weekend so far of the season, which yeah. is quite amazing. Who would have thunk? They just you know, can't keep their hands off each other, those two. Those two. Mm. Yep. I I can't continue. Okay. I think Leclerc can do so much better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sprint quality. The sprint. Um, <laughs> I don't think I had much more to say other than, oh, well, actually, we were talking about the battle between Leclerc and Verstappen. Sure. Leclerc did very well, I must say. Great start. Excellent Fantastic start. start from him. And Dream I was, start, you might say. Yeah, and I was watching it and I was going, yes, Forza, Charles, Ferrari, all the bits and the bobs. Was looking great. Um, and he oh, even held. Of order. Uh, okay, yeah. Your Honor. Yeah. Is there a point where you're Sustained. not doing that? Uh, no, in every <laughs> moment of every day, I'm always thinking about Ferrari. And Forza. Like, yeah. <laughs> Plan. Anyway. You were cheering for Leclerc. I was cheering for Leclerc. And he, yeah, he did very well. Great start. Um, great restart after mm. the safety car. Mm. Uh, and yeah, just a re- real shame for him that the tire degradation really came into play at the end yeah. there and Verstappen was able to, I dare say, sail past him. It was pretty easy, I think, yeah, that overtake. Yeah, it didn't seem like too much of a battle, which is no. perhaps, perhaps again, my emotions got the better of me. Anytime mm-hmm. it's a Red Bull dominant race, I emotionally check out yeah. because of how much it upsets me. Yeah. Perhaps this is something I should reflect on. Maybe that's something to take into your next session. Perhaps I won't. Yeah. But speaking of that safety car restart, mm. the issue that caused that safety car, Zhou Guan Yu and Pierre Gasly, yes. uh, that was a bit of a shame mm-hmm. um, because I thought that Zhou was doing quite well Yeah. Uh, and just got tapped out. And, you know, he's been performing, I would say, Pretty pretty well, fairly consistently. Yeah, it's over very... the last few races of well, the only races of the season, uh, and yeah, just a, a shame to see him beached. Yeah, yeah, fairly early in the piece too. Like mm. I, he's doing well. I think he's got potential. I mean, I imagine that's why they took him in along with his sponsorship money. But mm. yeah, bit of a shame. Mm. But would you like to talk about the race? I think we should because that's all the notes I had for the sprint. So. Right. I was just really upset the first half and won the sprint. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah, he, he's not my favourite driver, but I have to say fair play to him because he, he drove well. extremely well across the weekend in quali, the sprint, and the race. Yeah. It was a dominant performance from him. And, you know, I, I'm reticent to admit it, but you can see, like, he, he is championship material. Yeah. And it, he's a fantastic driver, and I'm not going to argue with that. No. I don't necessarily agree with the the ethos of Red Bull Mm. at times, uh, but I'm not going to argue the fact that he is a brilliantly talented driver. Yeah, like at this point, he hasn't done anything so problematic that I feel like I can't say that. You know, I I don't agree with some of the things he said. I don't agree with some of his racing last year, some of the decisions he makes. Yeah. But he is a great driver, he is. which is what hurts so deeply. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I suppose when you're that good, you've got to be prepared for some people to not like you. Speaking of Verstappen's dominant performance, mm-hmm. shall we talk about the race? Yeah. So I've decided I've split this race into teams. Mm-hmm. And when I say teams, I mean Red Bull, Mercedes, McLaren and Ferrari, because 
no offense, but I don't really care about the rest that much. Not I've much got a, happened. Yeah, exactly. And I've got a few notes to make on, for example, Alonzo. Yeah. Uh, and Gasly because of his involvement with Lewis's race. Yeah. And Albon. Um, but for the most part, I've just sort of looked at it in terms of the teams. Yeah. And yeah, teams were a big one and we might as well start with Red Bull because they obviously they got their one too. The yeah. first one that they have had since Malaysia 2016. When Daniel Ricciardo was still racing and for And I was them. just about to say Candace and now who was in that one too? Daniel Ricciardo. And he was one and who was two? Max Verstappen. Yeah. And he was, yep. Yeah. Yep. So, look, exciting for them, right? Because it's been a long, long time and, you know, they're very competitive and they've got two very good drivers in Max Verstappen and Sergio Perez. And, uh, you know, Verstappen said the team's done well and we deserve to be here. And, you know, what? I, I agree with him because it's, they did drive very well and Perez was awesome. He was a really good support for Verstappen in that race, I thought. It's very hard to believe that this is the second one-two in the hybrid era mm. of Red Bull. I know they've had a lot of one and three, two and three. Mm. It's very, very. I just, I didn't believe the statistic when I first heard it. That yeah. This is the second one-two. Yeah, it's just incredible how weirdly elusive the one-two is for the teams, even when they are very strong. Yeah, uh, it, but I guess that's good, right? Because it means that the field is. There's no one team that's dominating so much at the moment. Obviously, in the past, Mercedes has had that that role, I suppose, has occupied that role. Um, But it's nice because it means that we've got strong competition between, at the moment, Red Bull and Ferrari. Mm. Yeah. I am really enjoying how right now it's a few people's game. (laughs) I'm enjoying how... It is between Red Bull, Ferrari, and McLaren, mm. who had a very good performance this weekend. Well, we we do know that this track seems to have suited them. In I the think past. they were expecting that they would be able to do not necess- I don't know that they were necessarily expecting a podium. In fact, I'm sure that they weren't. Yeah, but I think that they were probably planning for a race that would at least look a lot better than Bahrain or Saudi Arabia and maybe be more along the lines of Australia or better yeah. because the tracks suit their cars more, you know, faster sort of flowing tracks. And obviously there aren't a lot of overtaking opportunities yeah. at Imola. So I think they thought that if they did well in qualifying and they did well in the sprint race, that they would set themselves up really well for the actual race. And they did. And I mean, in the sprint race, Lando slipped back a few positions mm. uh, just because I don't think he had the, the race pace of the Red Bulls and the Ferraris. Yeah. Um, but he had a great start in the race and did very well. Yeah, so it was nice to see them up there. But essentially what I'm saying is I don't think this means their troubles are over. No, and mm. the difficult thing about the sport is you can think that you've made improvements one weekend and completely lose it the next, mm. like Mercedes. Yeah who had made improvements in Melbourne. Yeah. Perhaps not so good this weekend. Yeah. Bit rough. Hamilton actually said he doesn't think he's in for the championship anymore. Yeah, that was literally soul crushing. Yeah. And I just sort of, I had this out of body moment where I floated back to when we recorded the predictions episode and I was like, I still have faith in Lewis for the championship this year. Yeah. And now past me and present me are very sad as Lewis was as well. You know, you could just see... In the in the um, the interview following qualifying, he was the most dejected I think I've ever seen him. Yeah. He was completely out of it. When they were asking him questions, he was looking off into the distance. He was lost for words, and you know, obviously, we saw a a quick grab on the screen after qualifying, or actually during qualifying, where Mercedes had been knocked out in Q two. Yeah, for the first time since Japan twenty twelve both cars yeah um and lewis and toto looked like they were having a fairly tense conversation um and you know the interviewer asked him about it and he said that's internal i can't talk about it and i just you know it just gave me such a yucky feeling yeah uh that you know they i feel like they're all really struggling and poor toto looked really tired this weekend i feel like he's got so much there's so much weight on his shoulders at the moment and i just want to massage them Um, Toto, if you need help with that restraining <laughs> order, you let me know. But Candy's um, a physio, so you could actually do it. I could. I, I mean, I technically could massage him, but it wouldn't be beneficial in any way, I don't think. He'd probably just get more tense. 
<laughs> like, strange woman, get your hands off my shoulders. If he consents, you can legally massage him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if he consents to it, you can do whatever. Um, I might get Susie's consent as well because she means the world to me and I wouldn't want to get in yeah. trouble with her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but when Toto said that the pace of the Mercedes car makes him want to strangle himself, yeah. I was like, this is not looking good. I know that they try to put on a good front most of the time and for Mm -hmm. the most of this season the Mm -hmm. last three races except for Emilio Romagna Mm -hmm. they were going like we can do it we can do it we can do it and to see them really defeated this weekend it's just yeah sad did you hear uh the radio message between Toto and Lewis as he was you know finishing the race no basically he sounded extremely flat over the radio but he said I'm really sorry that you're having to deal with this undrivable car. Uh, Yeah, like we're really sorry and this isn't the position that we should be in. You know, we should be doing a lot better than this. And Yeah. um, So obviously a hard thing for everyone to take for the Mercedes team and fans of Mercedes and the sport generally. Yeah. But, you know, I'm, I'm sure they'll pick themselves up and dust themselves off as they have done in the past. Yeah. It's uh, not over till it's over. Exactly. And yeah, maybe their championship aspirations aren't looking great for this year, but it doesn't necessarily write them off for next year. And my hope, wish, dream, um, dream prayer. prayer is that Lewis just stays in the sport and doesn't retire at the end of this year and just tries to again for that eighth, because I just think it would be awful, 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 awful for everyone in the sport if it went out like this, you know, if you yeah. went out. In this way. Good performance from Russell though. Great performance from Russell, which again, it's awesome, but it's now it's got that sort of tinge of sadness because it's like George is doing great, but But. Lewis is not. And Um, also if the car was better, could George be in those podium positions like up with Verstappen and Leclerc battling mm. for this championship? Just Yeah. Well, he's certainly got the talent and the work ethic to do it. So I would say yes, and I hope that he in future gets a car uh, that is able to afford him that opportunity. I mean, I know a lot of people were saying that, oh, it's such a shame for him. He's gone from a shit car in Williams to a shit car in Mercedes. But he still moved up. I mean, it's still a car in which he's able to compete for podiums and has secured podiums. Yeah, Albon's doing very well, but he's not in that position this season. So... I, I understand the people who are saying that, but also you're wrong. I'm sorry. He's definitely in a better car this season. Yeah. There's more potential for Mercedes to improve as well yeah, with the abso- team that they have. Absolutely. And he is, I was just having a look at a graphic before you came in, the only driver to be in the top five positions in all of the races so far this season. Well done. So Mr. Consistent, George Russell strikes again. Fantastic. We love that for him. We love that for him. He deserves it. He's a great driver and he seems like an awesome dude. And, I mean, it wasn't even the most straightforward race for him because obviously he had to fend off former Silver Arrows driver Valtteri Bottas in the yeah. final few laps. And, you know, he had a few goes at him. And it got obvious- a bit spicy because I was worried we were going to have a repeat of Emola last yes. year. Yes, <laughs> although the reverse, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he did very well to hold him off even with DRS. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, it was it was a clean battle between them, not that – it ever really eventuated, but it was uh, it was well done. So McLaren had a rough go of it to start the race off. Yeah, I mean, Lando did well. I, th- I mean, they both did well on the start initially until yeah. we got to turn one. Ricardo of lap made one. a mistake. Yeah, so that's a that's a tricky one, right? Because um, I was quite heated in the moment. You don't say. Yeah, I was. I was quite, and I I loved Danny Rick with all of my heart, but I was. Just will I really wanted Ferrari to do well this weekend? Yeah, and I really everyone did. Everyone did, and specifically, I wanted Signs to do well after his extremely disappointing weekend in Australia because I think I'm sure a lot of people say that he's an overrated driver, but I think he's underrated in my opinion. Mm. Like he's just he's a wonderful person. Not that that necessarily impacts the way he drives, but people have said that he is one of the hardest working drivers on the grid. Like he was mm-hmm. in the Sims at the Ferrari factory, working with the engineers day in, day out last year and in preparation for this year. And I just think he really deserves to do well yeah, because he's awesome. And 
I love to watch him drive. Like he's just got such a beautiful driving style. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, he's had some really great battles in the past with all sorts of drivers all over the grid. And it was just such a shame, especially after how well he did in the sprint race to see him knocked out by Ricardo. And I understand it was a racing incident. It was wet. It was really chaotic going into that first turn. Yeah. Um, And obviously I'm, I'm not blaming Ricardo. I'm not saying it's his fault, although I felt that way last night. Anyway. Now that I've had some time to reflect, it was unfortunate the way the curb sort of bounced him slash slid him back into the path of Carlos, who was trying to take the racing line. Yeah. I think it was just a matter of, you know, Carlos probably could have left a little bit more room. Ricardo may, could have potentially been less aggressive and tried not to take as much curb. But, yeah, very difficult. And then, obviously, it really hindered poor Danny Rick's race and they tried to make some changes and use a different strategy, put some hards on, but it was all for naught. I think that with the racing incident, like one of the commentators, I forget who it was, said it last night, that if they start penalizing those sort of racing incidents, then people aren't going to be as aggressive mm. as they are. So yeah. I, and I understand why they didn't. And they do say that the stewards are supposed to penalize for the action, not for the consequence. Yeah. So, you know, it's not – Ricardo didn't do it on purpose. It wasn't, no. it, it wasn't about the consequence of Carlos not being able to continue the race. It was about what happened, and that wasn't, like, an intentional thing. No, so. and, and Danny apologized. and He, he went into the Ferrari um, yeah. Yeah, headquarters like to go. in person. Yeah, yeah which and, is nice. Yeah, it shows how – good of a sportsman he is anyway we love danny rick (laughs) i'm gonna get on that soapbox before i even step on it um yeah it's just unfortunate those first lap incidents are always tough and they happen to every driver at least once and it's just unfortunate carlos has had a string of bad weekends Mm -hmm. um but i think it's important that the stewards didn't penalize it as they did like they made the right decision Mm -hmm. because if those little things were gonna start being penalized then we're not going to see as aggressive driving and it just won't be as entertaining or as cutthroat anymore and especially in the opening lap all of the cars are really close together just because they've just you know obviously just started just come off the grid three abreast at yeah times. exactly yeah. so I, I i do think that that's probably why they you know they're a little bit more flexible in terms of what they consider a racing incident because yeah. obviously it's it's always chaos it's always chaos that's yeah. why we chose to sit at turn 1 in melbourne yeah. because we knew that that's where all the stuff would happen not that things actually really did happen on the opening lap there but that's often the case you yeah. know mm. yeah um but it's unfortunate for ferrari and for danny because then he struggled that whole race and yeah it felt I was, like was it hungary i mean i know hungary was the one where bottas sort of shunted him off the road and quite a few other people well actually i think he hit lando and then lando spun the Charles and then Charles hit stroll and then stroll bounced into ricardo or however it worked mm. um and ricardo recovered but then was just trailing at the back for the race i think that was hungary i think that was um hungary. and it just felt a little bit like that it, mm. it was just such a shame because you just want to see him making his way through the grid because you're like oh he's still racing he's still in the game but that was a weird really. that was a weird tire strategy i wasn't mm. sure what they were going for there i'm glad they went to slicks he was the first one to go into slicks mm. um because we were just waiting for someone to pull that trigger and i'm glad he went yolo and yeah. did it yeah. um but i'm not sure why he went for mediums and then hards Surely yeah, was, he should have just gone for hards. It was it was a strange choice. Uh, I won't pretend to know what was going on inside the minds of the McLaren strategy team on the pit wall. No. Um, but, yeah, it, it did seem like a bit of a Hail Mary. And, I mean, obviously they had nothing to lose, right? He was yeah. running in... Um, 19th at the time, but then we had another retirement. Yeah, so 18th. So 18th. But, yeah, it just, I don't know. I mean, tricky, right? What What are you going to do in situations like that? Do you just retire the car because you know there's no chance of getting points or do you just give it a go? And I, I don't know. I do not know. I, as a spectator, <laughs> because I have no idea what sort of techniques go into making those decisions, I enjoy the Hail Marys mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed that he was the first to go on slicks because I know the other teams are just waiting for someone to do it first. Yeah. And we all thought Seb was going to do it. Yeah. Because he often seems to be the first <laughs> one just to like, Let's go for pull it. the plug. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, but Lando had a very good race. Yes. Very exciting for Lando. And so nice to see him up on the podium again. He looks so pleased. I love his little celebration when yep. he like slams yep. the champagne. It brought me so much joy. Although the broadcast Cut it showed out. before and after. And I was like, all I wanted to see on this stupid podium was Lando hitting the bottle of champagne or bubbly or whatever it was, non-alcoholic sparkling and seeing the bubble spray everywhere. That is the joy that I get out of the Lando podiums and also him being on the podium generally. Dear listener, if you haven't seen what we're talking about, look up one of Lando's podium celebrations from like F1 or F2. There will be compilation videos guaranteed because I've come across them on Instagram. Yeah. Just have a look for his podium celebrations. The way he opens his champagne is very enjoyable. It is. Um, Um, Or rose water. (laughs) Whatever you want to call it. Uh, but yes, it was really nice to see him on the podium again. Nice to see McLaren enjoying that kind of success. Yeah. I did see on their Instagram, they're all singing a celebratory song for Lando and Danny Rick just sitting up the front, like singing along. Yeah. But he just, he looked fine, but behind, because I know him so well, you know, I was looking. Deep, deeply close personal yeah, friends. Exactly. Yeah. In his eyes, you could just see the sadness of like. They're singing for Lando, not for me. Yeah. And it's just... Ugh. That's all right. We still got Monza. We still got Monza. Yeah. We yeah. Let, let's repeat last year. Yeah. I want another McLaren one too. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. Mm. That would be great. But yes, it was nice to see him up there. And, you know, he drove well. It was a pretty lonely race for him. Like a strong but lonely race. For Ricardo. For, well, for Ricardo, but also for Lando. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, you know, he to his credit, he just drove well. He stayed in his position and yes he did benefit from a couple of dnfs and well a dnf and charles spinning out um but credit to him like that's what happens in the sport like you've just sometimes you just have to be there yeah and just be there it's we shouldn't forget how difficult it is to just have an error free performance Mm. like what we saw later with charles when he got a bit too hungry and he perhaps took corners at speeds he should not have. <laughs> um, but yeah, to just have an error-free race and be consistent yeah. and end up on the podium, a clean performance from the young Mr. Yeah. Norris, mm-hmm. and I commend him for it. Absolutely. And, I mean, that's a good segue into Ferrari, I think. Yeah. The final team for us to discuss Ouch. this evening. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Um, can mm. I tell? <laughs> so... Last night, we watched the race live. Um, Wait, why do you get to tell this story? Because I got to view it from outside, and it was really entertaining Mm -hmm. for me. Um, So can I just set set it up, and then you can tell the parts from when I wasn't there? Yeah. Okay. So I believe it was lap 53, and I thought... (laughs) I remember it specifically. I was like, you know what? There were a turn 13. Actually... Yeah, no, it was lap 53. It was definitely lap 53. And I remember thinking, there are 10 laps to go in this race. I should go to the bathroom now so that when things happen towards the end of the race, I don't miss them. (laughs) (laughs) And I said to you guys, I turned around to everyone else in the room, Mm. yourself, Sam, Beth and Tom, you're Mm. all sitting there, the same group who watched Abu Dhabi together. I feel like maybe we've somehow, like, the group is a jinx on the sport. Like, yeah. whenever we get together to watch a race live, it doesn't go the way we want. We should cut ties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Done. That's it. Anyway, so I get up and I say to everyone in the room, declare it loudly, and I say, um, Leclerc is not allowed, nothing's allowed to happen to Leclerc while I'm gone unless it's overtaking the two Red Bulls. Yep. And then I went to the bathroom. Whilst Jamie was in the bathroom, uh, the young and talented Mr. Leclerc Mm. took a sausage curb with a bit too much speed and prowess, you might say, Mm -hmm. um, and spun out into the gravel. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, he was able to get out of it and finished, what, sixth? Yep. Well, he he came out in P9 yeah. and managed to Climb make up, up yeah, a in, few positions to get back to P6. In 10 laps, which is very impressive. It was very well um, done. But... <laughs> Jamie was in the restroom. And, and all I could hear from the toilet was everyone going, oh! <laughs> and I was like, do I stop midstream and run back out? Like, I, it was just so disappointing because obviously we'd had a very chaotic start and then literally nothing happened for like 30 laps. Yeah. And then the one time I decided to go to the bathroom in the race. Yeah. Yeah. So we were discussing even how are we going to tell Jamie what's happened. Yeah, so I walked back into the room. 
and you were like, Jamie Charles, okay, but, <laughs> but- <laughs> <laughs> it's just never tell people news that way. Jamie, it's never good. You need to sit down. Yeah. We, we need to tell you something. Yeah. <laughs> it was really traumatic. Um, and you I just think about walked out. I, yeah, pretty much did. Um, I was going to throw something at the television and then I realized it was not my television to throw things at. So I'm glad you didn't. Mm-hmm. Would have been an expensive replacement. It would have. Uh, uh, could have thrown some headphones like Toto. Yeah. But I didn't have any headphones on me. So. We should just keep some on hand. Yeah. Tennis racket. Spare. Yeah, just that's true. Smash. Yep. Smash um, racket. But very sad for the home crowd. I, I think it, it was more painful because we've had such a dominant Ferrari performance. Well, a dominant Leclerc performance mm-hmm. in the last few races. Yeah. Um, so just hoping that would continue at home. Yeah. It would have been wonderful. However, there's another chance. We've got Monza. We've got another yeah, not Italian that, not race. Not that that's their home race. It's but not. It's still their but it's home still in race, Italy. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I also love that this was Alpha Tauri's home race and literally no one cared and made mention of it at all. It doesn't feel like it. No, it doesn't. I don't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, Move on. <laughs> very disappointing. He was on track for a podium and... I do think it was the pressure of trying to keep up with the Red Bulls and especially Perez because when Charles pitted for softs near the end of the race, just as, again, a bit of a Hail Mary to see if they could get Red Bull to react and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, it looks like he was going to come out in front of Perez, and, in fact, he did, but then Perez uh, managed to get around him on the following lap or maybe it was even that lap. Mm. Uh, which was obviously disappointing for Ferrari fans, but very good for Red Bull fans. Yeah, so I think it was probably just the pressure of maybe trying to get back around Perez or at the very least stay in touch with him. Yeah. Uh, And at your home race as well where the expectations are so high and your teammate is already out of the race and you're carrying the weight of all the Tifosi on your shoulders. Yeah. I would make a mistake for yeah, sure. Jesus. I would probably drive directly into the barrier and just keep driving out of the circuit, you yeah. know, just go home. Get me some gelato. Yeah, exactly. I am I'm heading here. back to Monaco. Yeah. This is it. Uh, yeah, so in, a lot of pressure on poor Charles. In good news, he's mm-hmm. still number one in, in the championship standings. Yes, although the, Verstappen has closed that gap. Which, which I do not enjoy. No, and again... He's done well. He's won every race that he's finished this season, as people will not stop reminding me. Uh, And he's moved up from, I think he was P6 in the driver's standings to P2, so that's a huge leap. Um, Verstappen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And now he trails, here we go with my maths, he trails Leclerc by... I've already done it. 20... Seven. Well done. Hey. There you go. <laughs> I did that in my head. So did I. <laughs> yeah, nice. Faster than you. Yeah, you did. Yeah, well. Anyway, so yes, he, he still trails Charles, but it's getting a lot closer. And the Constructors is super close now. Ferrari's on 124 points and Red Bull's on 113. So And that's 11 points difference. And Red Bull go. has improved their standing. Not not only have they increased in points, mm-hmm. they've increased in place. Yeah. Which is painful. So it, yeah, it is. And... Um, deserved on their part but uh frustrating because obviously you know i mean we want a good competition this year yeah. obviously i'm enjoying it as a spectator as a fan yeah. of the sport i like a good battle and yeah. i'm glad that it's not a runaway championship as it has been in like 2019 2020 well here's my concern is that red bull runs away with it after this i'm, I'm a bit concerned that if ferrari can't keep performing and you know the pressure starts getting to Carlos and Charles uh Mm. that you know Red Bull are just gonna sort of take that opportunity and run away with it because to be honest I don't like I just don't think you can make any mistakes when you're competing against someone like Verstappen he is such an aggressive and dominant driver that you know you it's really really difficult to surpass someone of his skill ability talent um and you just can't afford to make mistakes like Leclerc did in this race and you know like Carlos has been yeah exactly it might be a learning for Charles though that he can't take risks like that and he he reflected on it he said that like yeah he just got too hungry for it and yeah yeah, too Mm. aggressive but can we talk about Alonso (laughs) yeah that was my favorite part in this race. <laughs> Not that he had to pull out of the race. Very sad, obviously. And he's a fantastic driver, and I always enjoy seeing him drive. Yep. But after he and Mick 
collided a little bit in the Touched. opening lap. Yeah. His side pod was damaged and later one of his side pods just entirely came off during the race. <laughs> and I had to take a screenshot because it was just the best thing ever when he went into the pits and they had the... I swear to God, the person who does the radio messages must have an excellent sense of humor. Yeah. Because for one, this story that I'm about to tell was just fantastic. The timing of it was brilliant. Beautiful and also timing. they always bring up the radio messages when Ted Kravitz is talking so that yeah. Crafty can go to sex Ted. And I just feel like they plan it. They must do it on purpose. It can't be an accident. Cause that you go point. for laps without a radio message. And then as soon as Ted's talking, it's like radio message time. Uh, anyway, so obviously Alonzo lost his side pod and yes, he had to, withdraw from the race but when he pulled into the pit lane he got on the radio and he asked his engineers how bad is the damage <laughs> and they said quite bad quite bad and that radio message was timed up perfectly with a shot of the huge hole in the side of his car yeah. and it just the time the comedic timing on that was absolutely brilliant so if you are the radio message person for the formula one broadcast mm. specifically the sky sports broad broadcast well done to you person um, I'm a fan of your work. Big fan. That was fantastic and brought a a big smile to my face despite the fact that Nando had to withdraw. So, Jamie. Yes, Candace. If you were to recap the race in Is a... Is this becoming a regular thing now? It might be. Mm. Um, I, just enjoy, I just enjoy the ones that you come <laughs> up with. Thank you. Uh, in, a, in a classic turn of phrase. Sure. Uh, which one would you choose? Well, I have two... Oh, for this week. Oh. You can pick your favorite. Oh, sure. Um, one of them, well, they're both vaguely Mercedes related. Oh, dear. The first one is to do with Bottas and mm. it is revenge is a dish best served cold <laughs> <laughs> because he has, he has been waiting in the wings to perform and by God, did he do well in this race, P5 and nearly getting around George. So kudos to you, Valtteri. And also cold because Imola was cold. <laughs> so that is my first one. It's a twofer. It is a twofer. <laughs> my second one is a little bit sad. So it may not be the one to, to end on, but regardless, here we are. And it is, we're not in the 2021 season anymore, Toto. <laughs> R.I.P. 